Morning Church, we are talking about connecting with God. Kind of fascinating. I get a lot of hope watching that video from some of the young people. Uh, many of our young people and sponsors are at a youth retreat this weekend and trust that they are being filled with Jesus. Uh, but some of those youth were very encouraging uh, for me. But the question is, how do you connect with God? What are we doing so that we have a solid relationship with the Lord? Now, right below us, right now, there is another world. Uh, perhaps you've been there, perhaps not. It's called Kid Connect, and it's meeting downstairs right now. Uh, Kid Connect's purpose is the same as the church up here. We want to connect kids to God, each other, in our community and world. And one of the ways uh, that we're connecting our kids to God is through the prayer wall. If you go downstairs, you'll see uh, a chalkboard kind of deal in which they can write the requests or, or put their requests up. And uh, we want our kids to know that they can talk to God anyway, anytime, no matter what the issue is. And so our kids are learning to connect with God in a little different way. Now, each week, their prayer requests are sent to the Kid Connect team, a select group of praying folk here at Southside. And if you want on that list, please do so. Uh, and to me, uh, here are a few of their recent requests, and these are always good. I pray that you can help me with school. I like that one. Uh, please pray for my Aunt Dee Dee because she is having surgery for cancer. Help me not be scared. Make me brave at nighttime. Hmm. Dear Lord, thank you for everything. I would like you to help anyone do what they want to do and do what they believe they can do. Hmm. God, please protect me from all the darkness in the world. Dear God, help me do my math. <laughs> Dear God, please help Miss Tanya and my family to accept Jesus Dear God, sometimes I get mad at my mom and dad, but I still love them. Dear God, please help me, or help my new goldfish, Teddy, get used to the fish food and the fish tank. Okay, so we get all kinds of different requests, but we want our kids to know they can connect with God anyway, anytime, over any matter. Now, prayer connects us to the heart of God. Prayer connects us, and this is a particular burden on my heart. Prayer is a topic... Uh, that just uh, resonates inside of me in a whole bunch of different ways. Uh, let me start by giving us some general observations about uh, prayer in general right now in this country. Uh, women are more likely to pray than men. And together all God's women said, Amen. that's right. Uh, poor people tend to pray more than those who have higher incomes. Boomers pray more frequently than millennials. And together all the old people said, <laughs> now get this one a higher percent of mormons and jehovah's witnesses pray daily than do evangelicals hmm. according to barna study 88 percent of americans pray amazingly even 10 percent of those who don't believe in god pray every day which makes me scratch my head if i'm an atheist uh why would i pray kind of interesting isn't it but prayer permeates our culture, all the major religions of the world teach the importance and the practice of prayer. Prayer is a profound mystery, but prayer is as simple and natural as the breath that you just took. At once it can be exhilarating and life-changing, while at the same time it can be quite exhausting and boring. Now over the years I've discovered the most about praying by praying. 
I've discovered the most about prayer by praying. I have taken seminary classes on prayer. I've taken all kinds of instruction and this and that on prayer. But I found in a very practical way, the way you learn about prayer is to pray. Okay? God has used many others to teach me to pray. And this morning we continue our series on connecting with God with a message from my heart to yours entitled Lessons I've Learned About Prayer from My Son Jer. This is a, a never-ending story in my relationship with him. A few of you have met our 39-year-old son, Jeremiah, who lives outside of Eugene, Oregon. From his conception until today, God has used my son to teach me tons about prayer. And so I'd like to kind of unpackage that if you'll give me that opportunity. First thing I want to do is talk to you about the miraculous prayer. The miraculous prayer. My son taught me about miraculous prayer. Now way back in 1978, Jer was just just a baby, as I was in my faith. I had just come to the Lord uh, out of the business world, and my life was being changed dramatically. I didn't know what to do, how to do it. I didn't know anything about prayer. And so... Uh, Jer spiked a high fever. We lived in Akron, Ohio at the time. We took him to the ER. As I held my uh, son, who was feverish and burning up in my arms, I I called out to God. Now, immediately, immediately, as that prayer left my heart, he grew restless. He began thrashing. It wasn't because of the fever or the pain. He wanted to get down and play. Hmm. Hmm. My new faith needed a direct and supernatural answer to prayer. God loves it when we call out to him. He just loves to hear us calling out to him. Hebrews 4.16, let us approach the throne of grace with confidence so that we may receive mercy and find grace to help us in our time of need. Anybody got a need right now? Yeah. Certainly we do. Uh, I really enjoy the way the message puts that verse. So let's walk right up to him, get what he is so ready to give, take the mercy, accept the help. That's the character of our God. He wants to engage. He wants to help us. Well, we left the ER that night without ever seeing a doctor, but we kept our appointment with a great physician through prayer. God taught me the power of miraculous answers to prayer. And he did it with my infant son in my arms. How about the powerful answer to prayer? Powerful answer to prayer. It was time for God to use my son again. He's now seven years old. I was a new pastor in my first church. Our lives had changed dramatically, but I'm just getting started on what it means to learn to pray. And a frequent prayer of mine is, Lord, teach me to pray. Lord, teach me to pray. And so there's Jared at seven. Where is he? It was summertime at family camp. And this was a, a place where, where pastors and missionaries would gather for a week of fellowship and feeding from God's word. A generous family in our first church had lent us their camping equipment. This pop-up trailer is a perfect fit for Cindy and me and our two boys. Jer came up from playing at the lake not feeling well. He laid down. Cindy took his temperature. It was over 103 degrees. He he was burning up with a fever. Roll that slide black to the first one, please. So this is a a picture, an actual picture of Jer family camp just before this happened. 
So we brought him back up and we laid him on the bed in that pop-up trailer. And then Jer says to me, Dad, can you see that? I said, what? He said, Dad, there's a demon on my shoulder making me sick. Dad, pray and send it away. So what do you do when your seven-year-old says that? (laughs) Stunned, we prayed, and God heard. Instantly, instantly, Jer got up as though nothing were wrong, his fever broken, and he went back to the beach and within minutes was going down that slide. You see, God was using my son to teach me about the heart of my father and how to connect my heart to his through prayer. Huh. God is waiting for us to call. He invites us, call to me and I will answer you and tell you great and unsearchable things you do not know. You believe that? And so he invites us, call to me, call out to me. God was just beginning to teach me to pray. How about the instant answer to prayer? The instant answer to prayer. Let's fast forward. Jer is now a teen, struggling to find his own relationship with God, trying to figure out how he fits into this world. He decided to attend a weekend teen retreat for spiritual renewal, which wasn't like him. At this point, he was beginning to push back against the church. While there, Jer saw the spiritual battle around him. He was frightened. So he walked all night in pouring down cold rain 11 miles across muddy farmland to come home. It was Sunday morning. I was getting ready for church. I'll never forget this moment. Unexpectedly, there's Jer covered with mud just as pale as a ghost. He said, you didn't need to worry, Dad. There were two angels walking beside me the whole way home. He said, Dad, I saw the spiritual battle and I was so scared I couldn't do anything but run. And he did. But he came home. I asked God for wisdom. Should I take him back to this retreat and have him finish it? Should I let him stay home? What should I do in this situation? So I called out to God, what do I do? What do I do? And I didn't hear anything. So he cleaned up, we talked. He wasn't sure what to do. So loaded him in the van, this was before church on a Sunday morning, and drove him back to the retreat. Just before I got to the retreat center, I pulled off the road, pulled off to the side, and I said, God, what am I supposed to do here? I don't know what to do. So I asked God for a fleece. I don't do this very often, in fact, hardly ever at all. A fleece like Gideon did. I prayed, Lord, if you want Jer to go back to this retreat... Wake him up now. No sooner than I finished praying those words did Jer's eyes pop open. He sat straight up. He was laying back, fully reclined. He sat straight up, and he's looking right at me. I'm like, whoa, whoa, whoa. I asked him, what do you want to do, son? He said, I want to finish the retreat. I want to go back. And he did. And he did. And I knew at that moment God was teaching me something about prayer. His guidance is just a prayer way in any and every situation. It's just a prayer way. Here's what Isaiah wrote. While they are still talking about their needs, I will go ahead and answer their prayers. Isn't that a powerful statement? While we're still talking about our needs, God is so good, so gracious, 
that he's answering their prayers. He's answering our prayer while we're still talking about the need. He's got it all figured out. He's waiting for us to call to him. Connect our heart to his. Wow. Wow, wow, wow. How about the unanswered prayer? You've probably found out in your life that sometimes answered prayer and prayer in general is not a sprint, it's a marathon, isn't it? And some of you in this room have been praying for things for a long time. Hang in there. This is a harder lesson. Now Jer is nearly 20. He's blazing his own trail. Drugs and alcohol and a felony charge. Seeing him take away. Cindy and I watched him in handcuffs and leg restraints and county orange. Feeling like a failure as a parent. God was using my son to teach me how to pray. And how to persevere in prayer. Scripture has much to say about the power and the promise and the possibility of prayer. It does. But there's not a whole lot that talks about unanswered unanswered prayer. Now there's this old adage that has become cliche that God answers prayer in three ways. Yes, no, or wait. Yes, no, or wait. And, And that's good. That's good basic teaching. But sometimes life isn't like that. Sometimes we don't hear anything from God. Have you been in those situations? You don't hear anything from God. It's not yes, no, or just wait on that one. You're not hearing the voice of the Father. You're crying out to him in desperation. God, are you there? God, can you hear me? God, this is crushing me. God, where are you? Where are you? Even when prayer is unanswered, I have to come back to the truth of the word of God. God is all-knowing. God knows the need. God hears the brokenhearted. He is not forgotten. He is not disinterested. He is at work. We may not see it. We may not feel it. We may not sense it. But we can know it because it's based on the truth of the word of God. He is all-powerful. He alone rules over the details of our lives. He is loving. He cares. He will not forget his child. This reminds me that prayer is pursuing a relationship. Prayer is connecting with God, pursuing a relationship with the living God. We search for God in prayer, not an answer. We search for God in prayer. We search for the heart of God in prayer. Not in answer to our prayer. That's up to him. In his way. In his time. But we search for his heart in prayer. I want to connect with you, God. I want to connect my heart to yours. Then I'm ready to hang in there. Even when I don't hear. And I can't see. And my heart is broken. When we find God, we find the answer. 
Prayer is a search for the heart of God and he is more than willing to reveal it to us and to give us his heart if we but search with all of ours. As a new believer, there is often quick, dramatic, spectacular, supernatural answers to prayer. I found that as we get older in our faith, those become less and less. Why is that? Why is that? Okay, let's go interactive just for a moment. Why is that? Why, when you're a new believer, all this stuff, bam, 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 all this great stuff, but as we mature in our faith, suddenly there's not that dramatic, supernatural stuff happening. Is that us? Is it God? Why? Somebody talk to me, teach me. Why is it that way? Okay, that can be we take some things for granted in our relationship with God. Someone else, jump in here. We don't need as much reassurance. I think that's an important point. Yeah, the relationship has changed. We're just getting to know God. And there's lots of fireworks at the beginning like in any relationship, right? But then it just kind of settles in. What are you laughing at, Dustin? <laughs> Good. Yes. God is teaching us something new. Well, I like that. I like that. I like that. Wouldn't it be nice if we always got this dramatic, supernatural, immediate answer to our prayer, like when we're a new believer? Who is he growing up? Me. Because all too often, I walk by sight, not by faith. And pretty soon I'm expecting the supernatural dramatic. And that's not the way God operates. He can and he does break in just when we need it. But he's in the nitty-gritty, grind-em-out details of life. He wants us to learn to trust him there. That's where life is lived, right? Yeah, yeah. Think with me about this just a little bit more. Sometimes there is silence from God. Sometimes there are months or years before answers come. How many of you have been praying for something for years? and you still don't have an answer. Yeah, yeah, for years. And that's when we begin to pray kingdom kind of prayers. That's when we begin to grow up in our prayer life. Jesus came to proclaim a new kingdom. It's called the kingdom of God. It doesn't operate on the principles of the kingdom of this world. And like a mustard seed, it would start small, but it would grow, and it would eventually grow to the point where it would consume steadily. Prayer is the work of God's kingdom, and like the kingdom, our faith needs to grow. And sometimes our faith needs to grow through adversity. Would you grant me that one? And sometimes our faith takes giant leaps when we have to grind it out, when we're not hearing from God. That's when we grow the most. That's when the roots grow the deepest. When we wonder, God, where are you in all this? Our faith matures through confident praying, even without miraculous and sudden answers to prayer. We walk and live and pray by faith, not by sight. And we're growing in our faith sometimes when God is silent. Wow. 
Well, Jer ran from God for many years. But then there were signs of life. Here's an email. A position opened up that will allow me to go to school full-time in the spring. Couldn't pass it up. I am just requesting prayer for peace in finances. I just have a tendency to worry about money, even though it's always provided. I love you. But you know the life is bittersweet, don't you? Shortly after Jerry emailed us this one, he contacted us and he said he's separating from his wife of seven years. My son had driven me back to my knees again. So back in 2012, Jerry was broken, hurting, lonely. He asked if he could come home and live with us. That's a tough one, isn't it? When your adult children want to come back. What's best for them? How do we handle this? My son, an addict? So he came back and he lived with us for nine months. Man, it was challenging. Wasn't it, honey? There was intensive counseling and lots of deep, deep conversations. But after that, he returned to the Northwest with purpose and direction. This Monday, he turned 39 years old. He's again hit some bumps in the process. He still struggles to find his place in this world. now he requests prayer a lot and I have hope in my heart I'm praying I'm learning to pray my son like many of you in this room as I watch you live your life are teaching me to pray my precious son dear will continue to teach me to depend on God alone Others here will be my prayer instructor as I watch your life. Thank you. So sometimes I wonder as I consider my own life, why don't we pray like we believe it? Why don't we just go through the motion? Why do we so quickly grow weary of the time and effort and discipline and energy and dependence and solitude that prayer takes? It's a lot of work. Have you ever noticed that you are saying predictable and stale prayers rather than praying in the Spirit? Going through the religious nonsense? Can you relate? I sure can. Can you relate to the spiritual slumber and the gradual disappearance of the supernatural from your life and we wonder why are we doing this again? Somebody help me. Remind me again. 
I know when I've grown weary, I fall back in my own ways of dealing with people, of being cynical and critical and controlling. Back to the old ways of looking at others as competitors and not companions on the highway of life. Back to the old values and attitudes and hang-ups and stinking thinking. Compromise, lukewarmness are right behind when those moments hit. We go through the motions, but the magic is gone. Jesus, where are you in all this? Why, why, why? Sure, we've got reasons. We've got too little time. We've got so many distractions, not enough results. We've got sin in our lives. We're bored with everything, blah, 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 blah. But if prayer's where it's at, why don't we pray? Why are we so quick to turn everywhere else but to our Father who's waiting to embrace us? And just as there is an undeniable relationship between prayerlessness and power outages in my spiritual life, there's also undeniable relationship between prayer, connecting with God's heart, and the release of God's power in my life. There are special seasons when my walk with the Lord is intense. It's close. All around me, there are wonderful coincidences, right? I have unusual energy. There's bursts of creativity. There's compassion for others that's really not part of me. There's insights into God's word that I never saw before. There's power to resist temptation. There's wisdom beyond my own. All this comes cascading in. I see changes in the lives of those around me. Direct answer to prayer. It's happening. It's happening. Prayer is the difference. Prayer is the difference. Connecting my heart to my Father's heart. And the choice is ours. We can stay asleep or we can wake up and have a vital connection through prayer with our Father. So we've sought to put prayer as a priority in our home and over the years in order to keep God in the center of our busy lives, we tried to take the time at any prayer junction before, during, and after disagreements, before meals, before school, before trips, before events, before family devotions, when we get sick, and I had my notes here, Leah leading in prayer for me when i sick. See, I believe that families and home groups and churches praying together create a powerful prayer partnership. And if we want to see things change, it begins with prayer. It begins with prayer. So let's pray. Let's connect our hearts to God. Our Bibles must be read with prayer. Our lives must be lived in prayer. Our marriage partner picked in prayer. Our journeys undergirded in prayer. Our meals received in prayer. Our residences chosen in prayer. Friendships formed in prayer. Children sent to school covered with our prayer. Jobs worked out in prayer. Bodies healed through the power of prayer. Our homes held together in prayer. Our home groups sustained in prayer. Our morning started, our day finished in prayer. Connecting our heart to God. What needs to happen so that our lives will be connected to our fathers through prayer? What decision do we need to make so that this will happen? Let's ask God what he thinks and leave committed to a new season of prayer in our hearts, our home, and our church. You agree? You agree? But I'm wondering, I'm wondering, and I'd like to close this like this. Maybe there's a burden on your heart. It's been a matter of prayer for a long, long time. And like me, sometimes you just get a little weary. God knows it. 
God knows all about that. And he wants to connect your heart to his with all of the hope and all of the joy and all of the love that he has if we but call out to him. So as the worship team comes, I'm going to ask that as we sing this closing song, I want you to come here and in a symbolic way just to lay that burden down again. There's something about doing it in public that always makes a difference in my spiritual journey. It encourages me greatly when I do that. Just to keep on praying. Just to persevere. And others, you might want to come and just say, you know what? Getting the new year started, I want to connect my heart to God's. I'm spiritually asleep. I'm going through the motions. I need a wake-up call. I need to make prayer again a priority in my life. And to take that small step, just give it a couple of minutes, that's it. But start that this might be a house of prayer, that Sheboygan might be a place of prayer, that this is, would be another connection point, connecting people to God in prayer. Blessed be your name, Lord, when I'm found in the desert place. Though I walk through the wilderness, blessed be your name. You believe that? Every blessing you pour out, I'll turn back to praise. When the darkness closes in and I can't touch you, Lord, still I will say, blessed be the name of the Lord. Blessed be the name of the Lord. So I invite you to stand and let's sing this. And as God is speaking to your heart, I'd invite you to come and we're just going to close it up here in prayer. And as we sing this and God is speaking, you just come on up and uh, I'm not going to ask you to sign anything or do anything, just to pray, right? Blessed be the name of the Lord. Whatever burden you're carrying, lay it down. Father waits with open arms to meet with you, to connect with you. So church, let's sing, worshiping God together, proclaiming together, blessed be the name of the Lord, whether it's the wilderness or the darkness or the sun's shining down on me. Blessed be the name of the Lord. For those of you that have been praying for a long time, for that person, you know who I'm talking about. Hang in there. Hang in there. He hears. And he cares. And he loves. Hang in there. Let's sing together, shall we?
simply ask that you do business with God when he opens the door and creates that opportunity. And coming forward is symbolic, but it's meaningful. God's far more concerned about what's happening in the heart right now. encourage you to persevere don't give up he knows and he cares prayer connects our heart to the father's it's a glorious thought so we must be praying people No matter what that burden is on your heart right now, he knows. Can we say, blessed be the name of the Lord? Let's say that together, church. Blessed be the name of the Lord. A little bit louder, if you please. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Blessed be your name. Father, we're grateful for the love that you have for us. Your grace cascading down, your arms wide open to receive us in the burden of our heart. For those of us with wayward children or wayward parents or a wayward spouse, blessed be the name of the Lord. For those crushed by pain and hurt and loss, guilt and shame, blessed be the name of the Lord. For those laboring under addiction, pain of an abusive past, those who are brokenhearted and weary, blessed be the name of the Lord. For those rejoicing, the sun's shining down just as it should be. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Our heart as a church, Lord, chooses to say, blessed be the name of the Lord. You give, you take away, but you are good and you love us we choose to say blessed be the name of the Lord hallelujah hallelujah thank you Father for your goodness for those continuing to pray here I would ask that you leave quietly today let's sing that chorus just one more time as our benediction shall we